Amen. Well, we're starting a new series today, a new series called Our Values, What They Are and Why They Matter. Uh, it's a good time for us as a, as a new congregation, as a new community of believers on mission to look at what it is that we value as a church, as a community. So we're going to look at God's Word over the next few weeks, about six weeks, and we're going to, and we're going to see from there what, what we're supposed to be all about. Um, there are a couple different kinds of, of, uh, of uh, categories of values. There are those kinds of values that we aspire to, we aspire to these values, and then there are the kinds of values that are actual values. They're the, they're the things that when we really uh, honestly take a look at our lives, we see these are the things that we really value. Um, I, I don't know what some of, some of those things, we value family, right? Some of you value family. Some of you might value work. Some of you might value your uh, savings account. Some of you might value your gun collection. Some of you might value your sports team. Um, we have these actual values. And just because we have actual values that may be different from the values that we're going to look at over the next six weeks, doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad values, but it should cause us to look, to look at God's Word and, and to really consider are the values are the things that I value in my life, are they in accordance with, with what God has revealed to us in His Word? Are they the things that God wants me to value? And then we can look at these and say, how can I aspire to these values in greater ways? How can I go after these values even more wholeheartedly? In fact, this first value we're going to talk about today is Scripture. And so I'm going to ask the question, what are you devoted to? Scripture, what are you devoted to? We, we just heard in Acts chapter 2 this whole passage, and um, I am going to, I, I'm literally going to um, preach um, from half of the, of the first verse of this text. <laughs> so there's a lot left in that paragraph and in that verse, in verse um, 42 of Acts chapter 2. To, to dig into, I'm going to zero in on that the first couple of phrases in that verse, and we're going to get to some of this other stuff through the course of the of the next few weeks. So so stay tuned. I'm not going to just abandon it. But let me start out by asking you this question right off the bat: What are you devoted to? What are you devoted to? Um, you know the word devoted. Which, which we see here in Acts um, 2.42. It means to be busy with something, to continue in something, or to persevere in something. Think about that. What do you busy yourself with? What do you busy yourself with on a regular basis? What do you continue to do day after day? Like, I eat every day. <laughs> I'm pretty devoted to eating, Right? I'm devoted to eating. I eat every day. Um, I sleep most every day. So I guess you could say I'm devoted to sleeping. You know, there are a lot of patterns and habits in our life that we're devoted to day after day. Then there are other things that aren't like those necessities of life that we are devoted to. What do you, what do you continue to do day after day? What do you persevere in doing? So here are some examples from my life. Um, 
I used to be very devoted to CrossFit. So it's a workout strength and conditioning program. Um, it's kind of a cult nowadays. It's really strange. It was actually worse 10 years ago when the whole world didn't know about it and they didn't have big televised events. Um, but CrossFit, I used to be very devoted to CrossFit. And I, I would do my workout every day. And I would read about it. And I'd watch little videos on the internet. And I'd learn about it. And I was just devoted to it. Until God convicted me of that and said, you spent a lot of time being devoted to CrossFit. Um, how devoted are you to my word? Well, that was an example from my life. Have you ever been devoted to a television series? And they're like, I gotta, I gotta be, back in the day it was, I gotta be in my house on Thursday night or Sunday night or now we just set our re recorders, uh, DVRs or whatever it is and then we get to it when we get to it. But are you devoted to a, a television series or, or movies or sports? I, man, sports was my life growing up. <laughs> you know, and we got some of our kids who are doing sports too. Sports are wonderful. I was very devoted to sports. I couldn't wait for the weather to change, living up in the Northwest, and you know, couldn't really play baseball during the winter, but as soon as the weather started to change, I'd smell that smell in the air, and I'd go, it's baseball season. Yes, break out the glove, start warming it up, start loosening it, right? Or maybe, a, maybe not playing sports, but you have a sports team. You're devoted to your team. You're following it all the time. You're reading articles about your team and you're following the stats and you look it up in the paper or on the internet or on your um, phone, app or whatever every day and you're just devoted to this. You, you are a, a fan. It is, it is something you busy yourself with. You continue in it. You persevere in being a fan of that sports team. Well, I've been there. Acts... The book of Acts says that the disciples, the followers of Jesus, uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So I want us to dig into that today, just that, that short little phrase, and I want to show you that the apostles' teaching is what really what we know today as Scripture, God's Word. And that as followers of Jesus, we must value it by, the, by being devoted to it. So, first thing I want to show you today is that followers of Jesus value Scripture as God's Word. So, let's, let's get there, because some of you might be thinking, um, well, it just says the Apostles' teaching, right? It doesn't say Scripture. It doesn't say the Bible. Besides that, let's think about this. This is like A.D. 33-ish, maybe? Maybe A.D. 30, uh, depending on where you're at in your timeline, but... Okay, this is just, just shortly after Jesus died, rose again, ascended, and then, then the early church is just, just getting going, right? This is right, right there near the beginning. Did we even have the rest of Scripture? Did we even have the book of Acts? I mean, these, are, these events happened before the book was written, right? Did we even have Scripture? Hmm. Well, let's, let's dig into it. Follow me. Follow me through this, okay? The word teaching is found five times, not just in the New Testament, but specifically five times in the books of, of Luke and Acts. So the two books that, that the physician Luke wrote, um, the first time the word appears is in Luke 4.32. I don't have these up there, but if you want to jot them down in your notes as we go and you want to follow up on it, just check me out. Make sure that I'm accurate here. The first one is in Luke 4.32, when the Jews were astonished at Jesus' teaching. So we get that word there. Jesus was teaching 
something, right? He was teaching in the synagogues. He was teaching the people out, out of doors. He didn't have a nice community center to gather in like we have. But he was teaching and the Jews who were listening to him were astonished at it. Um, we have this verse here, Acts 4, or excuse me, 2.42. We have the apostles teaching. And then we also have a little bit later in Acts chapter 5, the apostles filled Jerusalem with their teaching. And the, what, what they were teaching, this, you, can, you can get this from the surrounding passages, they were teaching the words of this life. The life, capital L, they were, t- they were teaching the words of this life that is the way the, the life lived following Jesus. They were teaching the death and resurrection of Jesus. They were teaching that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah, that they were, he was the long-awaited king that they were waiting for. So that's what they were teaching. Um, in Acts chapter 13, the proconsul of, a, of this little town called Paphos on the island of Cyprus, he was listening to Paul and he was astonished. And, that word again. He was astonished at Paul's teaching about Jesus, because Jesus was, or because Paul was was teaching and preaching the word of God. So he's teaching the word of God on this island, and and the proconsul was astonished at what Paul was teaching. Then in Acts chapter seventeen, um, Paul is in in Athens, and he's teaching to all the philosophers. All right, and they said, "We want to hear more about this." And they say it's a new teaching. What is this new teaching that you're babbling about, they asked. Well, what was Paul teaching? He was teaching about Jesus and the resurrection. That's what he was speaking to them about. And they thought, this is a new teaching. So, so what was this teaching? Well, it was about Jesus. It was something that Jesus did. Um, it was the words of this life. It was death and resurrection of Jesus. We see that a couple times. It was the word of God. That's what this teaching was. It was the Word of God. And the apostles, they didn't come up with this on their own. Jesus actually modeled it. We saw that at the beginning of Luke 4. In that passage, Jesus, or the people were astonished at Jesus' teaching. But He also taught them what to teach. Look, to, look with me at, at Luke chapter 24. And I think this is up here. And let me read it as you follow along. And, and this is Jesus' words to His disciples before he ascends into heaven, after his resurrection, he comes to them. He said, he said, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Let me stop there for a second. The law of Moses, so we got the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Folks, those are, that's the Old Testament. Those are the three main categories of the Old Testament that the Jewish people understood. So, it's right there. He's saying, everything written about me in all of the Old Testament Scripture must be fulfilled. And going on, then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning with Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. So there we have, right there in Luke, from Jesus' own words, telling us exactly what the disciples were supposed to say and what they were supposed to speak. So what they were supposed to teach was God's Word from the Old Testament Scriptures and everything about Jesus. Everything He did, 
and everything he said and who he was. Repentance, his death and resurrection, uh, forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed. So what do we call that message? Any ideas? What do we call that, that teaching? The apostles' teaching? I'm here. Did I hear somebody whisper it? The gospel. It's the gospel. That's right. Paul refers to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, I've got this up there too. It's, it's just such a beautiful summary. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I received, the good news. I preach to you, excuse me, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. Interestingly, he's talking to Christians who are already saved. They already heard the gospel, but he says that this gospel that you are being, re- that I'm reminding you of, that you are soaking in, that you are marinating in, <laughs> you are meditating on this gospel, it's saving you day after day. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And then He goes on, He talks about how Jesus then appeared after He was raised. He appeared to all these different people. That's an interesting phrase, though, in accordance with the Scriptures. The Scriptures, that's exactly what we know as the Old Testament. The law, the prophets, the Psalms. That is what Jesus helped His apostles to understand, His disciples to understand when He said He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. It was everything that had been written down by God or given by God through His people for His people. It is where the gospel is rooted. That's what Scripture is. It is where the gospel is rooted. It was fulfilled by Christ. It leads people to salvation in Christ, through faith in Christ. It is used to equip God's servants for mission. We'll get to that in a second. All of these things, that's what Scripture is. And the Scripture just continues this story. See, the followers of Jesus in Acts, they understood the apostles' teaching here in Acts 2.42 to be the explanation of Scripture, to be the story, the story of how God was rescuing humanity from destruction through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Soon enough, the apostles' teaching would be written down, wouldn't it? And then what would we have... So where would we find the apostles' teaching written down? In the New Testament, right? In the New Testament. We would, we would have it as the New Testament. It's the Gospels and the letters which explain the story of Jesus. They tell us the story of Jesus. And they explain how He, he, made, his, he made followers and He sent them out on mission. Followers of Jesus value Scripture as God's Word. They understand that, as Paul said to Timothy, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The man of God is essentially, if I could paraphrase that, that is God's servant. That is God's servant. The person that God is using on mission for him. And the Word of God, Scripture, is used to equip 
each and every one of us for the work that God has called us to. The River Church, we, so we as a church, people, the people of the River Church, not just a, an event called the River Church, but the people, every one of you, value Scripture as God's Word. That's what we want to aspire to. That is why it is read and preached every Sunday in our worship gathering. That's why we share it and discuss it in our missional communities. That's why we read it and study it in our discipling relationships. When a couple of us guys, three of us guys get together and we encourage each other and we pray together and we look at God's Word together and we we help each other to stay straight and we help each other to stay on the path of God's Word. That's That's why it's part of that. That's why every week in the handout, you, you, you'll see in the handout, we publish a, bi- a weekly Bible reading plan. There's, there's something for you to read from Scripture every single day. Wouldn't it be amazing if we were all reading God's Word together all year long, all the time? Wouldn't that be awesome? And God is speaking to each and every one of us through the same passages of Scripture week by week, day by day. That's why we publish that for you all, for you to use as individually in your, in your reading time or as a family? See, we value Scripture as God's Word. We hold it up to great, great value. It is the most valuable thing we have. Folks, if we don't have Scripture, we don't have a church. We don't have a gathering. We don't have anything. Why would we spend our time on Sunday morning gathering together like this if we didn't value Scripture? There are a lot of other things we could be doing, Right? That's why we value it. But by itself, I want, I want to make this clear. The, the, the next big point that we're going to see from the passage, by itself, valuing Scripture as God's Word is not enough. Okay, It's not enough to just say, I value it. We must be devoted to it. We must be devoted to it. In fact, <laughs> we value Scripture by being devoted to it. Followers of Jesus value Scripture by being devoted to it. In fact, if you are not devoted to it, I would question if you value it or anything else in your life that you say you value. If you are not devoted to it. Acts 2.42. Let me tell you what this, the, the literal, as literal as I can make it, the verse says, they were being devoted to to the teaching of the apostles. They were being devoted to the teaching of the apostles. This is the idea that the early followers of Jesus made a habit of it, of continually being devoted to Scripture. That's kind of the force of that phrase. It's not something that happened in the past. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching for a week or two. Or they devoted their themselves to the apostles' teaching when it was convenient for them. They devoted themselves to it for a season and then the rest of the year they were not devoted to it. No. The, the, the words there mean that they were continually being devoted to it. It was a habit for them. It wasn't a one-time occasional thing. It was a part of their regular rhythms of life. They were devoted to it. So we talked, uh, I, I explained a little bit about what devoted meant earlier. Right? I, I explained um, right, off the, right off the top of the message that being devoted to, uh, to something means to be busy with something, 
to continue in it or to persevere in it, right? This word devoted appears several times in the New Testament. It's translated in different ways. Here are a few highlights. Again, not on the screen, but if you want to jot these references down and check me on it later, you can go ahead. But Acts chapter 1, verse 14, the disciples were devoting themselves to prayer. So they were devoting themselves to prayer. They made a habit of praying together. In Acts 6, chapter 4, the elders of the, of the church in Jerusalem, the apostles, they said that they were going to devote themselves to prayer and the Word. They were going to devote themselves to prayer and Scripture, the teaching, God's Word, the Bible, right? Um, uh, later on in this, same, in this same passage, it says that they attended or they were attending the temple. That's the same exact word. Attending the temple meant that they were devoted to going to the temple day by day to worship God together. Um, they, in Colossians 4.2, Paul writes that he, says, he tells them to continue, to continue steadfastly in prayer. Same exact word. Continue, just a little bit different translation in English. Same word, continue steadfastly. And he also writes in Romans 12, verse 12, that he says to the people there to be constant in prayer. So all of these things should give us a better understanding of the force of devoted. To be constant in something, to continue in something, to attend to it regularly. It's a habit. So in our passage, they were devoting themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. But the foundation of everything was for the early followers of Jesus was Scripture, the teaching. That's why I believe that's exactly why, why in Acts, Luke mentions it first. The apostles' teaching is the very first thing, the very foundational thing that they were devoted to it. It's not enough, I said earlier, to say that you value something. Because people around you can tell right away whether or not you really value what you say you value. For instance, so let's just say that I told you I really value time with my family. Especially I value being with my wife and I want to be with her. And then you said, oh really, that's, that's cool. So like you guys probably go on dates and stuff together. And I go, well, um, yeah, well, we don't usually do that. I mean, we don't usually go out on dates. Oh, so you, but every once in a while you try to get like a weekend away or something. Well, shoot, it's been a couple, three, four, geez, when was that? Uh, last decade, I think, last time we got away. And, and you know what I'm saying? You kind of go on and on and then you, and, and the person's looking at me going, um, no, you don't. You don't value time with your wife. You don't, you don't value spending time with your wife. You don't date her. You don't take her out on, on weekend getaways. Uh, you, when is the last time you had lunch with your wife? Um, well, uh, so if I say I value dates with my wife or I value spending time with my wife, I'm going to do something about it, aren't I? And then you're going to know I really value it. Let's say I value my physical health. 
Yeah, right? I value my physical health. And you say, so, oh, so you like, what kind of diet are you on? Well, I kind of, it's more like a seafood diet. I, I see the food, I eat it. I just, whatever's there, and I eat it. I eat a lot of junk food. I love s'mores, you know, and they're thinking, that doesn't sound like you value your physical health. Like, so you must work out a lot, right? So you burn off all those calories. Well, let's see, it's been, like I ran a 5K last spring. Oh, oh just a couple of months ago? No, it was 2012, actually. Oh. And so, you know, you go on and on. You're like, I don't really value that. I don't value it. I can't say I value those things when I don't actually do them. I don't do anything about them. And see, if I told you I valued Scripture, but then I confess to you that rarely, if ever, do I open God's Word... I don't open the Bible and I don't read it. I don't memorize it. I don't study it. Unless I'm at, you know, I'm at church and then my Bible falls right open to like my favorite verse or something like that. Or, um, or maybe it falls open to the bookmark where I, I kind of keep it there wherever the pastor's preaching through a book and it's like it's right there. And I, I've been there. I'm not saying this because I'm saying you people need to get on board with being, uh, being in the Word and valuing Scripture. I've been there. I've, I've said, I've confessed with my mouth, but I haven't believed with my heart. I haven't lived it out. I have said, I value God's Word. And there have been weeks that have gone by where I have not even touched it except for to, to prepare for some assignment, to prepare to preach it or to teach it. How can I say I value Scripture when I am not devoted to it? It's not your challenge, it's my challenge too. If I said I valued those things and I didn't follow through with them and I wasn't devoted to them, would I actually value it? Would people believe I valued them? The answer is no. It's not enough to say you value it. It's not enough to say you value Scripture. We must be devoted to it, folks. Followers of Jesus value Scripture by being devoted to it. They devoted, literally, and they were being devoted to the apostles' teaching. Can we say that? Would people say that about us? Would people say, the River Church, man, they are devoted to God's Word. Because every time I talk with them, they say something about the Bible, or they say something about God's story, or they're saying something about Jesus, and it makes me sick, because they're talking about it all the time. Well, good. I hope so. I hope so. I hope, I hope people look at us and they say, the River Church values Scripture as God's Word. They value Scripture by being devoted to it. I hope that's what they say about us. I want people to say that about us. You may say, here's some questions, some frequently asked questions <laughs> about what I've just said. Well, I'm not devoted to Scripture. Like that. Does that make me a bad person? No. It means like that you're like every other person <laughs> in humanity. That you have an area of your life that God wants to give you grace. You have an area of your life that God wants to give you grace he, by helping you grow and develop desires that will increase your joy in Him. That's what God wants for you. 
God doesn't want us to be a bunch of legalistic, you know, Bible Nazis checking the, the boxes every, every morning and evening and going, I just did that, and then we just kind of go about our day and we do our thing. No, God wants us to come to His Word and, and see our sin reflected in it and see His glory in it. And then our joy increases. That's what He wants for us. If so, if you're worried that you're not devoted to Scripture like that, you just fall on your face and say, help me, <laughs> right? Help me to grow. Well, how about this? Uh, how about this? And I don't want to step on too many toes, um, but some of the toes I'm stepping on are, are my own here. I think I'm devoted to a lot of other things besides Scripture. Does that mean I value them more than Scripture? Yes, it probably does. It probably does. God may be telling you to stop being devoted to some things, to those things, and so you can develop the healthy rhythms or healthy habits of being devoted to Scripture. That may be something that God wants to speak to you about today. He, I, he's been talking to me about that recently. That I, have, I am devoted to certain things in my life that as innocuous as they may be, as, as fun and entertaining as they might be, they don't have a place in a life that wants to be devoted to Scripture. They don't have a place in my life for somebody who wants to, be, to value the things that God values. So, you may ask this question. I want to increase being devoted to Scripture, so what should I do? Thank God for helping you grow. Thank Him for that. Ask Him to give you grace. Then begin reading Scripture every day. Just read the Bible every day. Just open it up. We have a plan for you in your, in your weekly handout. Every week there's a plan there. It's real simple. And that's a great place to start. Start reading a passage of, of the Bible every day. Begin memorizing a verse from the Bible every week. We're going we're gonna to help you with that. In the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a verse appear um, on the overhead. You're going to see a verse appear in the weekly handout. That's not to, to like push something in your face, but that's to give you something that you can meditate on and memorize and have God's Word hidden in your heart so that you might not sin against Him. Psalm 119.11 Begin studying the Bible with others. How about that? Be in a discipling relationship with other people. If you're a man, get into a discipling relationship with at least one, preferably two or three other men that can hold you accountable to get you in, your, in the Word and study the Bible together. Connect with a missional community. We have two commi missional communities going right now. We have one that's taking a break. But we have two going right now. Connect with a missional community. Be involved in a community of, of, of believers that are looking to God's Word week after week, being formed by the story that God has given us. So what does God want you to stop being devoted to? What can you put aside so that you can be more fully devoted to God's Word? How does God want you to increase being devoted to Scripture, for instance? Because that's what we're talking about today. By maybe, by, maybe by one of these other ways. Reading, memorizing, studying with others. Grow in a discipling relationship. I want to challenge you to do that. Grow in a discipling relationship. There's no program for that 
It's just you getting together with a couple other men. You ladies, getting together with a couple of, of other women and grow together. And finally, connect with a missional community. Connect with a missional community. Be involved there. Most of, all, most of you are. And I'm, I'm really encouraged with what's happening. God is using those times to form us and in many cases, reform us by God's word and by God's story. So connect with a missional community. And the fact that you're here today in a worship gathering, it tells me right off the bat that at some level you value God's word or you probably wouldn't be in a worship gathering. So I rejoice in that. But I want to, I want to give us this challenge today. I want to walk with you. I want to experience the grace of God coming to Him and saying, God, I don't value Scripture like I should. I'm not devoted like I should. I need grace. Every day I need grace. Every day. Every day I need grace. I need amazing grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, um, I thank you for your grace. Grace, first of all, because you have even revealed yourself to us. You, even, you have, have, have acted and worked throughout history that, God, you, you caused men to write down what it is that you have done and, and how you have been working to create the world, working to, to overcome the effects of the fall, by redeeming us, by redeeming humanity through your people and ultimately through your son Jesus, God. Thank you for that story, God, first of all, because that's a grace in and of itself. Just that we would know that, that's, that's, that is awesome. God, we, we, we just give you praise and glory for the grace of your word. Now, God, give us grace ongoing day after day uh, each and every day that we may be in your word, we may be devoted to it, we may continue in your word, we may persevere in your word, God, that we may pursue it, that we may desire to be in your word, because God, you have the words of life, and, and we want to come to you to, to receive that life, to receive that joy. God, we love you. Help us increase our joy in you. Increase our, our grace that we experience in you, in the word, day after day, God. May we be devoted to it continually. And I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to have a time of, of response. We'll sing together like we, like we do each week. And I want to give you an opportunity to, uh, if, if you are uh, a guest with us, uh, please fill out that connection card. We want to be able to connect with you. We want to be able to say thank you for coming and, um, and find, out, find out how we can bless you and serve you. Um, so please drop that connection card in the offering. And, um, and as we stand, this is, this is a time where you can... You can respond by giving an offering if you feel, um, continuing to sing, fill out that card, sing, um, pray. And this is a time of response. If, um, 
and I'm going to ask my wife, could you, could you bring me a glass of water, please? Um, but let's, let's stand together and sing. And what better song could we sing right now than Amazing Grace and reflect on what God has done for us. pray for us once more. Lord God, we, um, we love you. We celebrate who you are during our time of worship as we gather t- this morning. We, uh, we pray that, God, you will take us from here in your grace, your amazing grace, your grace that has given us so much, mu- so much for us, given us so much, and has equipped us, God, equipped us, um, empowered us, to walk according to your will, to walk in your word, to be devoted to scripture, um, to live the lives that you have for us, God. Thank you for your grace. And God, continue to form us by your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Great to gather with you. Make sure you, you greet some of our visitors and uh, have a very blessed day.